0: We interview Batman. Hi, this is Burt Ward-Robin from the TV series Batman. You're listening to TV Confidential. Wowie, wowie, it's fantastic. Ed Robertson with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station. At the usual time, our guests will include Star Trek historian and Gene Roddenberry biographer Mark... Cushman. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, Ron Bacon is on the line with us. Ron spent 35 years in network television, mostly with ABC, working behind the scenes as an associate director, director, writer, producer, all kinds of capacities on more than 130 different TV shows, many of which were broadcast Live, including special events like the Academy Awards broadcast, as well as such popular variety shows as the Frank Sinatra Show, the Lawrence Welk Show, the Ernie Kovacs Specials, and Shindig. Ron will talk about working with Ernie Kovacs later on in the conversation. But first, before we went to break, we were talking about Ron's experience and some of the many game shows that he worked on for ABC, both game shows that were taped as well as those that were broadcast live. One of the shows we were talking about was You Asked For It, and we were talking to Ron about some of the wild stunts produced for that show that you simply had to see to believe. Uh, this, this was
1: a, a guy who would catch a cannonball. <laughs> out of a cannon.
0: Wow.
1: So they 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 do the rehearsal, and the vault goes out and goes out of the end of the of the cannon and it goes plop and it doesn't go very far. And, and the guy suppose, it's supposed this goes to go enough so the guy can catch it. Mm-hmm. And so the, this director says, "Well, I don't think we have enough powder in the in the cannon, so then the stage hand goes and gets some." On there, and then the, somebody else comes over and says, "Well, I think we need more powder. And they're, they're putting powder in this cannon." And so when they went to do it, the cannonball is the kind that got. It knocks over a flat behind him. He comes <laughs> crashing to the floor. It was like it knocked him about twenty feet. Wow. I don't know what happened to his ribs. You know, but, gee, poor guy. Uh,
0: you asked for it. You asked for it, and I'm sure he filed a claim with workers' compensation and maybe even filed a claim with the stuntman's, you know, union. For, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Well,
1: you what. know, I, it, you think, you think that, that stuntman would be, a, you know, a job where people would do and, and know how to make it safe,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they're supposed I, to
1: do. I was be. doing a, an Ernie Kovacs show, and Ernie used to like to animate things to music. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he had the setup was that he had a whole office full of stuff moving.
0: Yeah, like pencils or paper clips or pe- right. pencil sharpeners and yeah, letter and openers drawers,
1: drawers that open and close yes. like they were trombones. Yeah. Yep, yep. And all that kind of stuff. Yep. So there was a we we're doing the eighteen twelve overture. Yes, <laughs> and there was a cowbell with a big heavy rope on it and it was on the head of a cow that was on a flat. Can you picture this? Mm-hmm. Head of a cow. And then behind the flat, there's a stage hand with a crank connected connection to the cow's head, so he can wiggle the cow's head back and forth, mm-hmm. and the bell is gonna ring when the bells go off in the 1812 Overture. So, <laughs> we got on the air, and we decided to have some fun with it, and. The stagehand twirls the cow's head all the way around and, and gets it swinging. And the, the rope, unbelievably, was very old. It dropped, although it was very thick, it broke, and the cowbell hit me right in the face Ouch. to the floor. And I'm laying there in a pool of blood in the 1812 Overture. Incidentally, the, the actress Maggie Smith was on the show, mm-hmm. and she had said she'd been in the British, in, in the nurses' thing during the war, and so she would. She came over and helped stop the bleeding.
0: <laughs> well, thank
1: thank goodness. I it with my head in her lap, and she's stopping the bleeding. <laughs> and then, they, then they, 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 they put me in an ambulance and take me over to the Glendale Hospital in the the doctor looks at me and says, Well what is your what is your face supposed to look like? <laughs> he said, I need a picture
0: <laughs> Oh wow. I
1: I called my wife and said, I need a photograph of my face. Can you bring it over? Wow. <laughs> Explain what happened. I got hit by a cowbell. What do you mean you got hit by a <laughs> Oh, you know, it was it was weird. Well, so he puts my nails back and looks at the picture and it does a pretty good job and, and it's all healing and so forth. And then I'm in bed with my wife and she leans in the middle of the night she <laughs> hits me over the nose accidentally with her arm and breaks it again. <laughs> oh my goodness. The, the, yeah.
0: It was dangerous to be on the Kovacs show. It was dangerous to be on the Kovacs show. Ernie Kovacs was one of the many, many comedians that Ron Bacon either worked with professionally or knew personally throughout his 35-year career in network TV production. You can learn more about Ron Bacon, ronbacon.net. We've had many conversations on this program about Carlin and the Seven Words. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and what people forget is that you know the whole point of that monologue was not the seven words themselves, but how words can sound racy or purient depending on. I mean, how ordinary words can sound racy or purient depending oh, yeah. on the context. Yeah, well, that's
1: how you use them. You know, I worked with Lenny Bruce. He was the beginner of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Remember Lenny?
0: In fact, I just did a show with uh, Howard Storm. Howard was a contemporary of Lenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: and uh, Lenny, Lenny pushed the envelope, and he went to jail a few times. <laughs> <before it. laughs> but, but that was
0: that was Lenny. That was that was Lenny, and that was his. That was Carl. I never had a chance to meet Carl Reiner, but Carl Reiner. Oh, funniest man in the world! I'll I, bet. I don't know, of
1: just an absolute genius. Yeah. And one of the nicest people you'd ever want
0: to meet. Absolutely. And he had a turn of phrase, which I've always remembered, which is, and especially applies to performers and especially applies to comedians, is it's important to find your piece of ground as a performer, the thing that makes you and your point of view different than all the other one-liners. And uh, Lenny, Lenny's piece of ground made it possible for a lot of other comic to find their piece of ground.
1: Well, it, it, you know, as, as time went on, changes had to be made. And, I mean, everybody was very uptight to begin with many mm-hmm. years ago and about everything, and it, we needed to increase the talk among all the groups. And I, th- I think there was a benefit to these guys because they pushed the envelope. Yes, but every comedian did really. Mm-hmm. I mean, di- uh, Red Skelton had the dirtiest mouth in the world, yep. you know. Yep. But he
0: didn't use it on the air. That's right. That's right. Which goes, which goes back to Carlin's point. Which, which, which. But is what-
1: once in a while. He would push the envelope, yeah. you know. On, it would be on a radio show, and it, and it would not be a good idea. I mean, it was like he didn't seem to know when to stop. And this was true of almost every comic that I knew, with the exception of Jack Benny, who was always a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, I would imagine, because I know that one of your many credits was the Hollywood Palace, and I know that a lot of comics, if they got a five-minute, seven-minute, slot on the Hollywood Palace that was as big as it would th- th- that was the, uh, that was kind of like the equivalent in the 1960s of what a 7 minute spot on the Johnny Carson to- uh, tonight show became in the 70s right, and 80s right it, it was
1: it was huge for anybody that got
0: on there yeah ron will be back later this month we will continue our conversation about as many adventures in live television, live live specials, all the various types of programming he did when he was with ABC Television for 35 years, uh, including working with Ernie Kovacs, including working with Liberace, including working with such musical stars as Little Richard and the Rolling Stones, We will continue our conversation with Ron Bacon later this month in TV Confidential. In the meantime, you can learn more about Ron, ronbacon.net, ronbacon.net. Ron, I have enjoyed learning about your career and talking about the early days of television. I look forward to your next visit.
1: Well, sir, can I do one little plug for something? Go
0: ahead. This is the Ron Bacon Show.
1: On my ronbacon.net, when you dial that up you'll see a picture of me and above me there are some, there's a line of things on there and one of them it says Kites on that is a movie that I did in
0: 1967
1: Yeah, and you, you might, if it's not for children but you might want to take a look at that, it's an interesting film because it was done at a time when there was a lot of experimental work being done uh, by various uh, French and uh, Italian movie makers who inspired me and uh, then the next thing about it is, I have on there my musical, which I wrote in the year 2000, and uh, called the Chicken and Man. for 18 sold-out performances, and it, it's got subtitles on it because the the video quality is better, well, just barely there, and and the sound is not particularly great, but the, with the subtitles you can't understand and it's a very very funny uh, musical and i'd like input from people to tell me how they like it because i might want to push this thing on to broadway we'll see
0: okay i'll tell you i'll tell you what i will make a point of watching the chicken man between now and our next visit ron in the meantime you can enjoy the chicken man uh you can enjoy kite song kite song 30 minute uh, indie film that ron Uh, wrote and produced in 1967, which is very avant-garde. The Chicken Man and the Kite Song, as well as all sorts of other highlights of Ron's uh, career in network television and as a musician, ronbacon.net, ronbacon.net. Ron, thank you so much. I look forward to your next visit.
1: What a great pleasure talking to you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so very much.
0: For more information on how they can help you, hi.
1: This is Lewis Gossett Jr. You're listening to TV
0: Confidential. Ed Roberts, with a reminder that Code Three, the complete series, is now available on DVD through MPI Media Group as well as Amazon.com, wherever DVDs are sold. Also, a reminder that Bad Impulse, produced and directed. By Michelle Danner is available for viewing on demand on Amazon Prime and all other streaming platforms, while The Runner also produced and directed by michelle danner will become available for streaming on demand later in 2021 you can follow michelle danner on instagram also a reminder that you can enjoy the william wyndham tribute site at WilliamWindham.com as well as the corresponding william wyndham tribute channel on youtube for more about ron bacon ronbacon.net that'll do it for our program this week, folks, Ed Robertson, Baffert, Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grace, and Greg Garibar. Thank you so much for listening to Stay Healthy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. You can now purchase T-shirts, mugs, caps, hoodies, wall clocks, and other gifts with the TV Confidential logo from the official TV Confidential merchandise shop. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash merchandise or cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential